Lord, I celebrate you for who you are, your goodness, your power, your awesomeness, your your creative nature, and your love. You are a good and righteous and holy God. There is no one else like you. But the reality, Lord, that we've just got to confess is that in, in, in light of, in relation to, in comparison with your perfection, your righteousness, your glory, God, I, I feel like we all just feel like we need to just slink into the shadows because we don't measure up. I mean, we're, we're not righteous. We're not perfect. In fact, God, if we're honest with you and if we're honest with ourselves, we've all sinned and fallen short of your glory. That's the bad news. But the good news is, God, that you love us so much that you sent your one and only son to live the perfect life we couldn't live, to die on the cross, to take our place, to take our punishment that our sins deserve, and then on the third day to rise again, conquering sin and death and hell and the grave and promising us with him a new resurrection life for all who believe. We thank you, God, for the gift of the resurrection that promises us eternal life in heaven with you forever when we die. But not only that, a new and better life that that we can live here and now as those who are truly born again into the life that is truly life, lived here and now with you. So we thank you, God, for these gifts. We thank you, Lord, for the freedom that we have to gather in a public place in this country. We thank you for those men and women who died to protect this freedom that we exercise here and now. And we pray for those men and women who still today are fighting and dying around the world to protect our freedom. That reality hit home late last night when a local police officer on her very first day on the job, laid down the ultimate sacrifice at the altar of freedom. We pray for the family of Officer Ashley Glendon and the whole Prince William County Police Department, who I'm sure is rocked today by that tragedy. And lest there be any doubt of the reality of sin and evil in this world, God, Well, we know that question's been answered. And so, God, in a world that is so dark, in a world that is so full of hatred and violence, help us, your church, to be ones who can reflect the love and light and hope of Jesus Christ in a world that so desperately needs your hope. I pray that you would bless me as I speak today. You know, my tummy's rumbling and not feeling so hot. You know, the ten bazookabadrillion things that have to be done in ministry. You know, all the stuff that we do, but we just don't do as well as we might. You know, all the pressures that are on everybody here at work and at home and in between. 
you know, the pressures that are on people financially and in their relationships, their marriages. God, we want to lift all this stuff up to you and acknowledge you as the one and only solution. And as we open your word today, God, help me and help us to know you better through what you've already revealed about yourself to us in your word. And I pray, God, that it not be me who speaks, but rather you, God, who speaks through me and in spite of me. All this we ask in the name of Jesus Christ, the King. Amen. Who is Jesus? Ask a hundred different people, you get a hundred different answers on the street. Who is Jesus? Well, he was a good man. He was a great teacher. Maybe even he was a prophet. Who is Jesus? This is the question that we seek to ask and answer today as we continue on our journey called the God Quest, a multifaceted journey of discovery into the truth of the Christian faith. If you want some more resources, uh, Mike Finnegan has so kindly provided a little round table over there where there's a whole bunch of books where you can take your exploration into the truth of the Christian faith more deeply. Uh, I think this is a borrow and return library over here, so uh, we'll come track you down if you steal Mike's books. (laughs) Um, So we're on this journey of discovery about the Christian faith, and today the specific question about our faith that we're going to ask and answer is, well, who is this Jesus character? Well, the good news is that Jesus himself asks and answers this question about who he is in Matthew chapter 16. So if you're playing the home game, I want you to turn, open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 16. If you don't have a Bible, we're giving them away for free at the little table out there beyond the blue doors. Scripture is also printed inside your Lifeline bulletin in the sermon notes section. And Scripture is projected on the screens behind me. Jesus himself asks and answers this question in Matthew chapter 16. This is the word of God. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? Ask a question, get a hundred different answers. Even Jesus ran into this. Verse 11. Well, they replied, some say John the Baptist. Others say Elijah. And still others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. Who is Jesus? Even Jesus ran into this phenomenon that nobody would give him a straight answer. So all of those different answers that all these different people are giving Jesus himself about his question kind of fade away when Jesus asks the question again, but this time a little differently. Look how Jesus now rephrases the question as we jump to verse 15. Jesus is now, now not asking a broad sociological experiment kind of question. Who do people say I am? Jesus now in verse 15 makes this question sharply personal and eternally significant. Verse 15, but what about you, Jesus asked, who do you say I am? Jesus isn't asking, hey, what do you think about my teaching? 
Jesus doesn't ask, hey, what do you think about my perspective on social issues? Jesus doesn't say, what do you guys think about my miracles and my healings? No, Jesus asks a question, and those are good questions, but Jesus asks a question that is eternally more important than any of them. And the truth of the matter is, all of us, sooner or later, are going to have to stand before Jesus and give him our answer to this question. Verse 15, but what about you, he asked. Who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, the Christ, the Son of the living God. You might want to put that on your notes in case you need to refer to them when Jesus asks you that question because that was the right answer. Verse 17, Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah. For this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, Petra, the rock. And on this rock, this rock of Peter's good confession of faith in Jesus Christ as Lord, on this rock I will build my church. Note well, please, if you're taking notes, Jesus is not going to build the rock. He's not going to build his church on the foundation of spaghetti dinners or really cool worship, or really engaging videos. No, the rock that Jesus is building his church on is Peter's good confession of faith in Jesus Christ as Lord. Verse 18, and I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades, some translations say, the gates of hell shall not prevail against it, will not overcome it. So as we continue in our God quest today, as we're exploring all these different uh, aspects of the Christian faith, today we will see that Jesus is not only a good man, not just a great prophet or an inspirational teacher or a, or a social justice hero, but Jesus Christ is Lord, God incarnate, God in the flesh, the long-anticipated and prophesied Messiah, the Christ, the Savior of the world, the Lord of lords, and the King of kings, the Redeemer of you and me. Who is Jesus? I love the way the book of Philippians chapter 2 puts it so succinctly. Who is Jesus? Philippians 2 verse 9 and following. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess or every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord. Who is Jesus? Jesus Christ is Lord. I made the kids say it. you got to say it too. Who is Jesus? Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That's who Jesus is. There are some false assertions that have been made that Jesus never even really claimed to be God. On the contrary, Jesus did in fact repeatedly claim to be God and say who he was, to, to be the Messiah, the Christ, God in the flesh himself. In fact, that's why his enemies wanted him killed. We're in John chapter 8. We're doing, we're doing a pretty deep 
investigation of Scripture today. So you can go home and say, that preacher made us read a lot of the Bible in church today, and I'm sorry about that. John chapter 8. That was, that was a joke. I'm not sorry. Hashtag sorry, not sorry. John chapter 8, verses 53 to 59. Did Jesus ever claim to be God? Jesus is before the Jewish leaders. And they say to him, are you greater than our father Abraham? He died and so did the prophets. Who do you think you are? Jesus. Well, Jesus replied, if I glorify myself, my glory means nothing. My father, who you claim as your God, Jesus just said, I'm the son of God. My father, who you claim as your God, is the one who glorifies me. Though you do not know him, I know him. And if I said I did not, I would be a liar like you, but I do know him and obey his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced at the thought of seeing my day. He saw it and was glad. Verse 57, Jesus is like 30, 31, 32, somewhere in there. You are not yet 50 years old, they said to him. And you've seen Abraham? Verse 58, you ready for this? Very truly I tell you, Jesus answered, before Abraham was born... I am. What is Jesus saying to these first century scholars of the Old Testament? I am the I am. The one who is and was and is to come. At this, 59, at this they picked up stones to stone him. Why? Because they believed he was blaspheming. Because if you claim to be God, it's blasphemy. Unless you are. God as Jesus was. So verse 59, at this they picked up stones to stone him, but Jesus hid himself, slipping away from the temple grounds. His time had not yet come. Did Jesus claim to be God? His enemies, the Jewish leaders of that day, sure thought so. So much so that they wanted to kill him because he claimed to be the great I am, the son of God. Later on, when his time had finally come, as prophesied, Jesus was sold out by one of his best friends. He was arrested. He was handed over to well, one of his former best friends before Satan got involved there. They arrested Jesus. They handed him over to the Sanhedrin, the Jewish ruling council, ready, the church council of the Jewish church at that time. Mark 14, verses 61 and following. They're questioning Jesus before the, the Sanhedrin. And again, the high priest answered, Are you the Messiah, the Son of the Blessed One, the Son of the Living God? Verse 62, circle this, highlight it, put a little star next to it. I am, said Jesus. And you, not only that, but wait, there's more. And you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the Mighty One, that's God in heaven, God the Father, coming on the clouds of heaven. And the high priest tore his clothes. Why? Because they know, and he knew, he was claiming to be God, despite assertions to the contrary. The high priest tore his robes. Why do we need any more witnesses, he asked. You have heard his blasphemy, that is claiming to be God. Would have been blasphemy, except he really was. 
You have heard the blasphemy. What do you think? They all condemned him as worthy of death. Why? Because they all knew he was claiming to be God. But not only does Jesus, God the Son, claim to be God, but the other two persons in the Trinity, remember Benjamin's little Trinitarian theology we talked about? He was actually right on. Not only, not only does God the Son claim to be God, but God the Father and God the Holy Spirit, one God in three persons, it's a mystery. These other two persons of the Trinity likewise proclaim that Jesus is, in fact, the Son of God. At his baptism, the voice of God the Father speaks, and the Holy Spirit descends like a dove, all three in one now confirming who Jesus is. Verse 16 of Matthew chapter 3. Matthew 3.16. That's as sweet as John 3.16, maybe. I don't know. Matthew 3.16. As, as, as soon as Jesus was baptized, He went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened, and He saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on Him. And a voice from heaven said, This is My Son, whom I love. With Him I am well pleased. Triune God, three in one, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, all here confirming who Jesus is. Jesus Christ is Lord. Who is Jesus? My friends, the biblical answer is clear. Peter confessed it. God the Father and God the Holy Spirit confirmed it. The whole New Testament proclaims it. Even the Jews condemned Him for it. Because Jesus Himself, yes, did in fact announce it, that Jesus Christ is Lord, the Son of God, the Son of Man, the root and the branch of Jesse's tree, the great I Am, the Alpha and the Omega, the Lamb of God, the Light of the World, the Messiah, the Christ, the Holy and Anointed One, the only God, our Savior. That fact leaves us still today with a choice to make. Classic Christian author C.S. Lewis sums up our choice this way. And it's actually a, a pretty easy multiple, multiple choice question that we are left to answer today. C.S. Lewis says, A, B, or C. Jesus at this point now for us is one of three things. And we all have to make a multiple choice answer. C.S. Lewis says, because of the facts before us, we need to conclude that Jesus was either A, a liar, B, a lunatic, or C, the Lord. Liar, lunatic, or Lord. Is Jesus a liar? Knowing he was not God, but acting like he was? Well then, he's the biggest deceiver in the history of humankind to deceive his disciples in thousands of years of church history. And by the way, if he was a liar, he himself went to the cross knowingly and willingly dying for what he would have known to be a lie. That doesn't make sense. Was he a lunatic? If you uh, have some time this afternoon, I could drive you to a couple local hospitals and introduce you to any number of people who claim to be God. Was Jesus just one of those? 
Just another crazy person claiming to be God? Well, if I introduce you to a friend at a local hospital who's claiming to be God, they're not going to be able to back it up with their miracles. They're not going to be able to back it up with the fulfillment of ancient prophecy. They're not going to be able to back it up by rising from the dead. And I'm not suggesting we try this, but whenever they die, they're going to stay dead. Only Jesus himself confirms that he's not just a crazy person spouting lies, but through his miracles, through his testimony, through his resurrection, through his fulfillment of prophets, we see he's more than a liar. He's not just a lunatic, which leads us to our final option. He is the Lord. God in the flesh as he claimed to be. As countless, like hundreds of Old Testament prophecies were so perfectly fulfilled in him and only him in a way that exceeds the possibility of random chance even existing in the universe. In fact, we've heard even his enemies, even his opponents proclaim that he claimed to be God. And then that Roman soldier who at the cross saw him die, saw the earthquake saw the, 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 the sun go dark, even his enemies said, surely this man was the Son of God. So C.S. Lewis sums up our multiple choice question that all of us are left to answer today like this. Here is what C.S. Lewis says in a quote from his classic Christian book called Mere Christianity. He goes like this. Either Jesus was and is the Son of God, or else a madman or something worse. You can shut him up for a fool. You can spit at him and kill him as a demon. Or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God. Liar, lunatic, or Lord. But let us not come up with any patronizing nonsense about his being a great human teacher. He has not left that option to us. He's not left that option open to us. He did not intend to. Who is Jesus? More personally, more importantly, he would ask you, who do you say I am? If you are ready to believe that Jesus Christ is in fact the Lord, the Son of God, the Savior of the world, I'm going to give you an opportunity right now to tell him. Open your heart and let him in. But if you've already done that, quick straw poll of the studio audience. Raise your hand if you've already done that. If you've already made Jesus, just just confessed with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believed in your heart, raise your hand. Yeah, if you've already done that, brothers and sisters, I've got one more verse just for you. For those who have confessed Jesus Christ as Lord, our Savior leaves us with this question to ponder in Luke 6, 46. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? Seems like a pretty good place to pray to me. You bow your head with me and go to God in prayer. God, I thank you for those who are here for the first time and who are seeing the evidence that Jesus, in fact, despite assertions to the contrary, that Jesus did himself claim to be God. That this assertion was proven true in the fulfillment of the words of the ancient prophets. 
that his assertion, his claim to be God, was affirmed by both God the Father and God the Holy Spirit at his baptism of Jesus Christ, God the Son. I thank you, God, that even his enemies unwittingly testified to the fact that he proclaimed to be God because that's why they wanted to kill him and ultimately did. What they didn't know they were doing, though, was sacrificing the once and for all sin offering that humanity so desperately needed. And God, if there's anybody here today for the first time who is ready to cast aside the nonsense of the world and to believe the truth of what this very sane God-made man Jesus Christ is saying, well then God, help them open their hearts and in their own way, in their own words, without a need for a fancy scripted formula, but in their own way, just confess that Jesus, I am a sinner. I have gone my own way, I have done my own thing, and I have messed up and turned my back against you in more ways than I want to or probably even can remember. But there's some that I sure can remember. I confess those sins to you now, God. My imperfection before your perfection. My dirt before your cleanliness. My, my, my soil before your brightness. All my good deeds are like filthy rags compared to how awesome and wonderful you are. And, and I could try as hard as I want for my whole life to be a good little boy or girl. I could, you know, walk little old ladies across the street and I could, I could do good deeds, God, but I can never undo all the sin I've done and I can never work good enough works to attain your perfection. I can't save myself. I need a Savior. And there is only one prophesied and promised long ago, now fulfilled in the birth, life, death, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so today, God, I I open my heart and believe that Jesus Christ is Lord. I I make you, Jesus, my Lord and Savior. I'm counting on you when I have to take the the final exam at heaven's gates. I I count on you to make up for those silly decisions I've made when I have to give an account before a righteous and holy God. I count on your blood to cover up my sins and my stains and to make me white as snow, not of what I've done, but all of what you've done at the cross and at the empty tomb. And now, God, because I've made this commitment to you, help me walk out of here as a different person than the one who walked in. Someone who has truly put their old life to death and has been born again to live a new and better kind of life with you. Help me find spiritual mentors who can walk with me in this journey. A a small group of Christians who can rally around me and answer questions and study your word with me. And help me, God, in, in turn to do the same to proclaim the good news to all the world that so desperately needs to hear it. And God, for us who who walked in here believing already, help us as we continue to meditate on that last verse we read, that you don't just want us to pay you lip service. You don't just want us to say we believe, but you want us to act like it, to live like it, to really be it. 
And so God, shape us, sanctify us into the people you have called us to be more and more every day growing in the image of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ in whose name we pray. Amen. This is my